Welcome to the Panoramic Outdoors Podcast, connecting you to all things outdoors. Somo Fest 2023 from where is it Cavendish PA is that town? yeah Cavendish yeah we just had uh well stay tuned we're gonna have Ben Murphy on who is basically like the founder of this this festival and we thought we'd we'd do a little um a little podcast episode for this because there's two things that we really like about it and hopefully we can like most like spread the word in western Canada and, and all wherever our listens are from and you know, maybe we can grow that type of festival out here. Cause I think it'd be really cool. It's all about mm-hmm. music, food, and booze. <laughs> it's the experience of 100%, music, yeah. food, and booze, right? They've, so they've put every, they've put all the three things together and they have a really cool sort of way of kind of making all of those things meld together, but not in your usual, like show up to the fest, get slammed and eat burgers and French fries. Like what they've got going on is, is a completely different energy vibe experience. Like it would be so cool. Yeah. Um, and you have listened to the podcast to kind of understand what April's talking about too. Like, having like culinary stages alongside your musical stage and you have like all these different things having, I don't want to give away the entire podcast, but you know, things like a bourbon bar on festival mm-hmm. grounds or uh speakeasy, you know what yeah. speakeasy is stay tuned. But April, before we launch this, I want to ask you one, I'm going to ask you two quick questions. Oh, okay. Have you been fishing and where have you been fishing? Um, well, <laughs> I haven't been fishing a lot. Um, 3D archery has started up. So I've been kind of spending my weekends with dad and shooting archery and uh, did the Manitoba Wildlife Federation's uh, Becoming an Outdoor Woman weekend there. Um, Taught at that, taught taught archery at that. So archery has been my life. But my fishing that I have done is pelican. Oh, yeah. How is it? Pelican. How is it out there? I hear it's fire right now. Oh, yeah. Like I need to get out there ASAP. Yeah. And the thing with Pelican too, is that, and this is uh, just from my experience, but I think fishing there earlier in the summer is better because once it gets hot and mm-hmm. later on in the summer, that lake gets a little green and it's just like, yeah. I'm not saying you can't fish it then, but it's just, well, I think it's just a lot nicer now than it would be in, in middle of the August, middle yeah. of the August. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, once the algae gets bloom in there, then it's not, it's just, like you said, it's not as nice to fish and the fishing is just not as good. Yeah. Um, speaking of archery though, I did want to mention or ask you, I guess. So, cause you mentioned in this podcast, you were out East this past year for like, what is it? Nationals, 3d nationals. Yeah. So now that you've kind of done these things and accomplished the, some of these things that you've done with archery, are you almost, are you almost like, there's not much more to accomplish now. Like I'm pretty good. Or, or do you, are your goals to like keep doing what you do? And Oh stuff like yeah. That? No, I, um, <laughs> uh, when I went to worlds, so in September, this past September, I went to Italy for the 2022 world Reinhardt 3d championships. And so oh. that was a week, a week there. And that is team, you know, uh, team members. So I had three gals 
that I were in my category that I was with. And then there was obviously other Canadians, male and female, different categories. Mm -hmm. So you shoot against multiple people from different countries. And I, I've always said, like, you don't know, you don't know what you don't know until you know that you didn't know it. <laughs> so when I went out there, I was like, oh, man, like, I've been practicing really hard. I, I don't know how this is going to go, but I think I'm going to do really well. And I've done my work, right? And I got into shooting and I get very nervous and I have tendencies to mess up a few times in a round or, or at least in my day, which are very basic mental errors. And, uh, and I just, I didn't, I didn't end up where I thought I was going to end up. Like I said, I, like, I didn't know. I thought, I thought based on how I shoot here, that if I took that skill level over there, that I would do fantastic. And just the skill level of those ladies in Europe is just out of this world. They are mm -hmm. just amazing. Well, yeah, and some of those countries, sorry to cut you off, but some of those countries like pay them yeah. to do it, right? Like it's not like yeah. they're going to work as like the head of 4 H and then, you know, do a podcast episode and then hopefully get be able to swing or sling 20 or 30 arrows before bedtime. Like they're doing this daily as a job. It's, yeah. 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 They're paid to compete as archers. And I mean, what are you, what are you going to do? Right? Like if that's what it is, then that's what you have to try to compete against. And I don't ever, I would never say that these ladies are unbeatable, right? It just, mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Not a clue. Yeah. You know, yeah. people, you know, we have a lady that was on the team this year that she's gone to worlds before and she said, it's going to be hard and you're going to need to know this and it's, but nobody can fully prepare you for what you're about to see until you get there. So I, sorry, to get back to your actual question, like I, um, I kind of have a couple goals going on right now. Like I, I want to, um, I want, if we're going to have a world's 2024, um, it hasn't been, it has not been announced. Uh, announced yet. We, yeah, I don't know anything about that. Um, if we are going to have one, I would like to try out again. So there's a lot of, you know, work and goals that need to be worked on uh, to get that. And then if I do make the team like a lot of stuff that needs to be practiced and somewhat perfected and just digging in a deeper than what I did last time. But I also am really kind of taking a liking to the longbow right now. Oh, yeah. And I want I want to get my own longbow and start practicing with a longbow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty neat that the different you know traditional archery and then there's like compound and yeah, it's pretty neat. I and and that's the thing like ever since like meeting you and then not only that becoming you know better friends with Hack, um, I didn't realize like the world of competition there like when it came to archery. Mm -hmm. um, so it's pretty cool, and I think it's one of those things that are growing. I mean, there, we could almost have another whole podcast episode about that in itself, so I don't want to keep going on that because I do want to run this episode. Mm -hmm. Sumo. No. Somo. Somo. I am having the hardest time in my brain. I always got to think FOMO now yep. before I say it out loud. Crazy, eh? Make sure you don't have the FOMO. Go to Somo. <laughs> okay, well, we'll talk. We'll <laughs> chat here at the end. Okay. We have Ben Murphy on the podcast, and we're going to be talking a little bit about a festival that's going on. Ben, do you want to maybe just go through the festival that's happening? And, and it's very new, too, right? Yeah, so this is our 
first year of it. So it's the SOMO Festival. We're focusing on uh, music, food, and drink. It's the weekend. After. We've been in the festival business for 14 years now. So we with the Country Music Festival, Cavendish Beach Music Festival. And then so we wanted to add a, another festival. We've been talking about it for a number of years. So finally got uh, off our ass and did it this year. Uh, like I said, COVID probably to plan a little bit more of what we wanted to do. We're in the hospitality business on another arm of our business. So we wanted to focus on some food and drink stuff. So we got obviously lots of music happening, but we had some chefs coming in. We got some really cool food and drink pop-ups around the site, which I'm sure we'll get into. But uh, yeah, a lot more than just music, which we're kind of very, very excited for. So how is it different from the other festivals that you've um, been involved? Is it is it because of that addition of, of the food and drink? Absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah, obviously there's food and drink at our other festivals too, but mm. uh, yeah, we're going to do, we're going to do a couple like just like kind of unique pop-up bars, like focusing on a little like high end or high end tequila. We're doing a, a bourbon bar, which would be super cool, mm-hmm. which we have some celebrity bartenders kind of coming in to help run those. And they're going to do, we have a, we have three stages. So two musical stages and a culinary stage. So there's some demos going on in the other stage as well, which is kind of cool. Yeah, so we got some cocktail stuff going on. We have like four, you know, higher end food stations or something. So uh, rather than just your burger and fries, you know, we're going to do some cool um, displays with some fresh tuna that we have out here. Uh, Obviously, PI mussels are very famous. So we're going to do a big mussel boil. We have Matt Moore. He's from Nashville and he's done a couple during we met him for Cavendish Beach Music Festival he's been up a couple times and he does a lot of cookbooks for like southern barbecue so we're gonna do Mm -hmm. a little uh, meat station with him too so all sorts of fun little stuff happening I looked up Matt Moore um, when I found out that we were going to be recording this podcast and we sort of looked into the festival and who would be you know the music guests and the food guests and I looked up Matt and I I like his uh that whole like Southern, lots of um, barbecue. I think he's got a wild meat book as well, or a butchering book. Like, I I like the sound he, of him. Yeah, no, Matt's great. We've had him a couple of years at Cavendish and he's come up and it, it's just kind of a, a friend of a friend and yeah, we got kind of connected with him and he's been just terrific to work with. Yeah, he's got a new book, or I think he just released a new book, Butcher on the Block. Yeah, and then, Butcher on the Block. And then his last one was Serial Griller. Which we 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 uh, highlighted a few of those dishes last year at Cavendish, and those were received very well. So people were crushing those. He's got some nice. interesting book name choices. Those are awesome. <laughs> I think one's the South the South's best butts too, maybe or something. Uh, <laughs> yes, South's yes South's best butts, and then like you said, cereal griller and butcher on the block. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I was kind of like thinking of different ways to to spin this podcast, you know, uh, being uh, an outdoors podcast, a lot of the stuff we do is outside uh, and doing a lot of cooking. And then of course, a little few drinks here off off on the campfire side of things. But the cool thing that I really put uh, one and two together is that we have done like our panoramic group has done an outdoor, um, basically like an outdoor cook where we brought in a chef. Uh, we made him or didn't make him, but we got him to do uh, a campfire and cook all his food over the campfire and we served drinks and it had like an intimate 25 group person or 25 person group. I cannot talk to I'm sorry, guys. But yeah, so it's like 
we we had an awesome time a little bit of music we had awesome food and a few drinks out uh, in a park in Nipah in manitoba here so it kind of like goes hand in hand with what you're doing but on a lot huger scale hey so that sounds amazing too i wouldn't mind yeah. going to that yeah, well, and the thing is, we had Josh. It was Josh McFadden. He has, a, he's like the, one of the owners of Catch and Cook, and he does a lot of like, like pop up like culinary things around Winnipeg. So he's he's amazing at at cooking over the fire and doing outdoor like cooks and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was right up our alley too. So when it comes to the festival, whereabouts is it? Like, um, I just kind of want to know so that when you send those airline tickets for us, we know where, where we're going. going. It's <laughs> that direct flight from Manitoba to PEI. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's like 14 yeah, we're, layovers. We're, we're still waiting for that. Yeah, so we uh, our site's in Cavendish, Prince Edward Island. So uh, Cavendish is a summer town. Cavendish Beach is there's pretty famous uh, beach there. So uh, we own our, our our festival grounds. So we've been kind of investing and in putting stuff in big permanent stage and different buildings and different uh, art displays over the last 14 years. So it's on the same site as Cavendish just a week later. Oh yeah. And then the duration of the, of the festival, did you mention that yet? No, I didn't. So it's two days, Friday, Saturday, July 14th and July 15th all day thing. We open gates open at noon and, and uh, site closes down at 11. So. Right. And like the other question about that is like talking about the food part of it and cooking culinary. So is, and, and you kind of mentioned it with like getting some, some cooks or from around, let's say North America or from wherever, do you guys focus on like the, you know, the East style of cooking or are you trying to bring in like different aspects of the culinary world to the East? Yeah, I think, I think we want to bring in different aspects. One big thing about, uh, which I mentioned earlier is we want to focus on Eastern products. I think that would mm-hmm. be the Atlantic Canadian products. So, you know, whether that's oysters, mussel, obviously seafood plays a huge, mm-hmm. uh, huge part in it. Um, the Atlantic beef plants is, is a big thing out here that we want to kind of lean into. So as we grow this festival, we really want to kind of highlight those producers and farmers and all that stuff. And then on the drink side, we're in the craft brewery business as well, but so we got a lot of uh, partners in that type of thing. So, you know, looking at more local breweries and local distillers and some local wineries from the Valley in Nova Scotia. So just trying to be a little bit more than the domestic beer, which you might, you know, be able to, which I, the, the fan is demanding more of that. Now you can't go to whatever, even one of the NHL hockey rinks and get you want more than Bud Light. <laughs> yeah. We had um, Jen Shears on. Uh, she's from the East Coast there, and she was telling us like a couple of the uh, local breweries and stuff have some interesting beers. And I can't remember what the one she was ta- telling me about. It was like a gooseberry beer or something like that. Do you remember? Did you hear, listen to that one, April? No, I can't remember exactly what the flavor was. No, and that was from out east. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can I can't think offhand what exactly where where she's from, but from from Newfoundland there. Um, somewhere yeah that'd be kind of neat yeah so what's what are some of the exciting things that you're looking forward to i mean like uh, talking about especially food and drink um i mean i looked through the through the list of some of the bands that you're having there and i'm like man i'd fit in basically perfectly there but what are you looking forward to when it comes to the to the food and drink part of it yeah i think the as i mentioned earlier i think the the two main the bars that we're kind of focused on year one are the bourbon and tequila bars so those ones are, I just got the recipes from our like cocktail, uh, celebrity cocktail people that are, so that's super exciting. I think like 
not too many festivals you can go and like sit in a bourbon lounge and have an old fashioned like that's mm-hmm. uh so that'll be kind of cool um and like building off that we're you know whether i can say it now or not but like we're doing a little like speakeasy like secret bar um oh, nice. for, for both festivals so um we've never done that before so that'll be kind of cool like a little cocktail you kind of got to find your way into it and and uh so very excited for that on the food side of things you know we're operating a little bit of the food and then there's we obviously have lots of outside food vendors so uh excited again probably matt's barbecue stuff will be sweet i'm like i can't wait for that and then just there's like probably 10 or 12 other food vendors so just kind of excited to see what all they bring and we've asked them to kind of elevate their game a bit rather than just being you know a regular cheeseburger and fries can we mm-hmm. can we up can we up the game a bit from uh for salmo yeah so it'll be it, it'll be exciting it's year one so who knows what everyone will bring <laughs> it sounds a lot like like as you're as you're saying all these things and explaining explaining what's going to be happening there it sounds like it's so much more about the experience of the whole festival and not just showing up to listen to music and getting drunk in the grandstands absolutely like and that's even like my friends for the cavendish i'm like and i i'll I'll give them tickets for the Cavendish. like hey come on out i'm like there's one rule you can't show up at 6 30. like you you have to show up at two o'clock in the afternoon and go see the grounds around so that'll be similar to this and hopefully the people do come early and you know in the middle of july so it'll be gorgeous and mm-hmm. people can can wander the sites and you know find some of these areas that i talked about mm-hmm. yeah experience the whole thing yeah i like how you mentioned the speakeasy thing so i'm going to tell you a story ben was we had um we had a mantle outdoor show here back in february and we had the eye hunters eye hunter crew with us which is um like an app on your phone where basically it's like helps you find land locations and information about the land that you're on so we're at supper and um the waitress is like oh yeah you guys head into the speakeasy and we're like what are you talking about and i didn't even know what it was i didn't even know what a speakeasy was and they're and we're like and so the eye hunter crew is like yeah let's let's go and check it out but she wouldn't tell us where it is like she's like it's here somewhere like <laughs> and it ended up being like this like side door of the place we're at which i'm not going to mention but the side door of the place we're at and we didn't even know like it looked like a door to a closet and we're like and then like, you walked in and then you go down these stairs and it's this like amazing bar. And we're like, this is so cool. And for anybody that's listening and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, but a speakeasy is basically something they have, they had back in like the prohibition of alcohol, right? Like they'd have these, these, these hidden bars where, where the authority couldn't find them and you can go and have a beer or have a bourbon or a tequila shot. Right. hundred percent. Yeah, I know. Exactly. There's one in Halifax quick story about, uh, it's called noble and it, you need a password to get in it's below this like dessert bar and years ago they send out the password every week to like the, their newsletters and i wasn't privy to this just yet but i knew i wanted to go to this bar and i went uh so as you show up and you you got to tell the bartender this code phrase <laughs> and i'm like saying it but i'm like one word off and she's like and she's like i'm not sure what you're talking about sir and like with the big smile on your face and i was like this is ridiculous anyways ended up, just, ended, ended up getting it right and then she picks up the phone like calls downstairs to make sure there's a room oh yeah. sweet yeah you're just going through all the ice creams because you thought i had some yeah tiger exactly. tiger <laughs> <laughs> no uh cool spot though that's cool well, um, yeah, I guess I got a few more questions about the about the event, especially when like and same with some of the some of the music. And I feel 
like Tristan should also be on this this podcast episode because a he's a huge music guy and bourbon drinker. I'm a tequila drinker, and like me, April, and Tristan all love food, so it's like we <laughs> probably should all be on this episode. But when it comes to music, how did you decide? Like I I kind of went through there, and you had like Vance Joy and a few other people I believe on there. How did you decide on like the genre of music that you're gonna, you know, combine with food and drink? Yeah, that's it's always tough because like you're trying to get people to come out east we're we're out of the way so it's it's uh not in every anyone's travel path so you know we kind of wanted we knew we wanted to be multi-genre not really we didn't want it to be one uh like one specific like the country genre that we have we wanted to do something else so and we've been talking to Mumford and sons for like a number of years and i find oftentimes some of this stuff too it takes you know, you could talk to guys for three, four, five years and, and finally get it done. So when they decided that they were going to come back, like out of semi-retirement or whatever they were in, you know, we kind of reached out and it just the way it worked out and how that is, you basically start at the top and try to get your man guy or girl locked in. And then, so we got Mumford and Maggie and then kind of they have somewhat approval on who opens direct for them. So that kind of helps that. And then after that, just filling in with some, you know, some up and coming talent from, from Canada and the States and then some local talent from out East here too. So it kind of just flows down once you get Mumford, but you know, it, it's luck of the draw for, uh, out here sometimes. Yeah. Once you, once you get your like opening act or not your opening, sorry, your like big ticket person, then your, your list and schedule kind of like builds around them, doesn't it? Yeah, like we wanted to do something like approachable for the first year, probably. And I think mm-hmm. Mumford is very, very approachable, yeah. like uh, folk rock band. Yeah. But yeah, you want something okay, a little different than little. You want something different than Mumford, but also complements Mumford. So like, maybe mm-hmm. Maggie was really like kind of an up and coming, you know, artist and kind of fit that cool trendy vibe for us. So it was you know, that really came together pretty well. And we, you know, you want, we want to sell weekend passes, like people mm-hmm. to come for the whole weekend, get that whole experience. So, you know, you want a little bit of crossover, but not too much. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that was it like something like 70% of your musical guests are Canadians around. Yeah. There? I, yeah. I think it is super high. Uh, yeah. It's a pretty year. good percentage. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's something that we're always trying to trying to do more of. It's I find it's easier in like the first couple of years of the festival mm-hmm. as you roll through the Canadians. And then yeah. after that, you're you're always, you know, for Cavendish, we always have the classic uh, Canadian country guys like we'll kind of rotate through every probably two or three years. Mm-hmm. So when we were asking about like the genre and that. So if, for example, if Mumford and Sons would not have come this year and you would have got somebody else, would the genres or the main genres of the festival kind of like taken a different turn depending on who you would have got? Yeah, I think so. I think like, again, I don't think it was going to be like, uh, it was never going to stray like too far from rock. I think that is something like we've done some research uh, out here and I think rock was, is like pretty far and away. Mm. like that that in country so we want mm-hmm. to just kind of stick somewhat in that and i would say right. you know rock is so many things like the indie rock folk rock heavy rock whatever mm-hmm. but want to stick with rock but hey that could have been the chili peppers it could have been mumford and sons like it, right uh it was never set in stone it, no it was never set in stone at all and you know even we're talking for 2024 already so you know it could go 
many different directions. And that, that's the benefit too. It gives us a lot of flexibility of bringing kind of new, new people out here that have never been probably east of Montreal. Mm, yeah, yeah. I noticed that there, but I don't know then which bands they were, but there's a couple EDM bands. There's a couple EDM bands. Yeah. On the, so we have the, the second musical stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the sandbar, the Clotting Tides sandbar stage this year. So who would you be identifying EDM? Like Housewife maybe? Uh, and who else is on there? Yeah, I don't, Housewife. Uh, well, Grandson's a little heavier rock. But anyways, there, yeah, we have a little bit of everything on on uh, the two stages. I uh, m- my husband had actually mentioned that to me. He's like, "Oh, they have some EDM. You like EDM?" I'm like, "I sure do like it." <laughs> <laughs> Come on out. That's my kind of. I'm a electric dance. That's my thing. That that and it's like, it's like techno house music and then country. <laughs> yeah, like that opposite sides. <laughs> The um, like EDM side of things, we're pretty familiar with. The guy, the people that I was actually down in Grand Rapids in 2019, I think, for they do a fest. The people that book our talent for us do a festival in Grand Rapids called Breakaway, and it's oh. uh, it's a little bit of an EDM festival. Breakaway is seems to be like this little franchise they got going all around the states, but they they do one show in Grand Rapids. Right on. My, my next question for you is. I hope it. I hope it's not too difficult to answer. But like, uh, for me, I think of festivals, and I think of, you know, we have a few here in Manitoba. Like we used to have classic rock, we have country fest, and it seems to be like a, a big old piss up sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when you come, you have a combination of food and like music. It just seems different to me. Is that something that's popular out east? Is it something that like where did you find like the inspiration to just start up to start this festival? with this type of like framework really the festival that we kind of like looked at and was like that's that's cool what they're doing was bottle rock at a napa valley okay. i don't know if you guys have, have ever heard that but no. so it's been going on for a few years multi-genre festival they've they really lean into the like the local suppliers like on obviously like wine um more so but it's, you know, they have a full culinary stage and they have like whatever. They would have Snoop Dogg on the culinary stage making a huge cocktail with Guy Fieri. And like they, they're they like really mixing their food and they're sorry, their food, drink and music on one stage, which I'm hoping we can like kind of get the concept going this year for that with maybe some smaller acts and then kind of pitch it for next year's saying, oh, yeah, like. We have Gail Simmons or uh, on the culinary stage this year. Like, can we get Maggie Rogers to go do a little 30 minute thing Uh with her on the culinary stage? I don't think that's going to happen this year, but uh, that's, they do, Bottle Rock does a really good job of that. And that's really where, um, you know, we want to play with this and something just a little, like you mentioned, you don't want it to be a big piss up in this, this type of festival. So we're, you know, it's again, not that it, because you're older, it doesn't happen, but it's, we're definitely trending like a little bit of an older clientele, like, you know, 30 to 45 rather than that, you know, maybe 18 to 25. Tra- yeah. yeah tra- traditional festival goer of yeah, mm-hmm. 18 to 25. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see uh, of all those new people that have never come to the festival that are coming this year. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that age demographic and this is the way I think, I guess, and if, hate me if I'm wrong, but 
you know, you're, you're, let's say even like 25 to 45 year old people enjoy, I, I find enjoy food and beverage way more than, you know, you're 18 to 25. When I, when I was 18 to 25, man, you'd get like pizza hotline and the cheapest beer you could get because that's, you know, kind of <laughs> what you can afford. And once you start living life a little bit and you can afford the little bit nicer things, or, you know, even just kind of treat yourself like this might be a perfect thing for someone to, you know, spend a little bit extra money to go to a festival and, and enjoy the food and the, and the good drink, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as that 40 year old doesn't think they can still drink like they were 20, we shouldn't have any <laughs> <Yeah>. issues. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there'll be a few of those at least. Uh, 100%. It always, always seems to be, but I think with, you know, really good advertising and, and, you know, showing off and explaining those, the, like the food guests and the food stages and like bringing all that together that hopefully the people that see those things and they're like, yeah, I want to go there. They will kind of understand what the vibe is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I think it'll be, I, I expect more of like a chill vibe than our, yeah. than our country festival. and. That's what I've been kind of pitching for the last uh, few months. So I think it'll be, I think we will get there. So, yeah. And I think, I think one of the big things that that really interests me is like the, the cooking side of it, obviously, but you, and you've mentioned it quite a few times now in the last 15 minutes, but like, you have like a culinary stage. What would like for somebody that's not privy to it, like, what, what would that look like? Is it, is it's like, Oh, this is how you make, um, you know, prime rib and it goes to the steps or what is a culinary stage? What, what are you trying to attract there? Yeah. So we think we have five sets a day on the culinary stage. So we have like two cocktail ones. So that's, those are pretty simple. Like, so just, this is how you make the cocktail. And we have Darrell Smith. He's from, uh, uh, eat North there's eat North about today or something. Anyways, he's the host. So he'll be, uh, if we can't get any musical acts, he'll be on the stage with, <laughs> with the, with the person, and uh so whether it's cocktails we'll be making cocktails uh we'll have like a full um looking kitchen like with ovens and stuff but probably most like induction burners and stuff on a table in front and they'll be yeah talking talking their way through cooking you know whatever it is it could be mussels it could be scallops but again focusing on the local products out here and, and highlighting anything from the east coast is kind of the goal and there may or may not be samples you know, for some of the fans that are kind of in that area watching. So again, it's our first year uh, doing the culinary stage. So I'm sure there'll be some learnings uh, as we, as we go on. So, but yeah, our our goal is to kind of, you know, there'll be some teachings of this is how you should do it, or this is how I do it or whatever. And then hope then maybe some samples. Yeah. And then the the culinary stage, what is like, what do you think, or, or what is your, your group's goal? Like, are you wanting like a hundred people watching or you want like 2000 people watching like how inner, how interactive and intimate is it? Or will it be, or will not be, you know? Yeah. It'd be hundreds of people probably like it's our emerging artist stage for the country festival. It's like the same tent. So mm-hmm. we, we jam that pack full of a few hundred people uh, at certain times in the day. So it'll be, I'd imagine like, as we have, we have some local chefs on earlier on in the afternoon, yeah, there'll mm-hmm. be 50 to 100 people there probably. And then as we get later in the evening, as more people start to arrive on site, like there could easily be three, four, five hundred wow. kind of pack, packing this tent. And like, that's the goal. Just you want people moving the site and, and moving around. So they might not even stay for the whole thing either. They can right. just be like, oh, sweet. You know, Gail Simmons is up there and, and uh, let's go check her out for a little bit. Grab it. There's a bar there. So it'll keep them 
it'll keep them at least <laughs> go get a drink there and then watch a little bit and maybe go back somewhere else. I had a, I, I noticed something cool on, um, the info, like the information upcoming about the, about the festival. So what we're used to out here is like VIP and different VIP packages are, you get like a backstage and that's really it. Um, but mm -hmm. you guys have, you have a couple different VIP packages and they include some like really cool stuff. Can you, do you want to explain those a little? Sure. Yeah, we have, yeah. So like, as I mentioned earlier, we've, we've owned the site for 14 years. So we've been kind of just like adding different areas over like, you know, every other year or whatever. So we have 20 corporate like suites that fit each, that fit 30 people each. So kind of like a. Uh, rank or whatever so those and, have like an upper deck so people can go up and you know, like look over the crowds so that's pretty right. amazing then we have like just like like your regular con like concert vip area mm -hmm. uh on one side where then we have but it's like then we have an upper deck of that called this the sunroof which can fit 400 people and you're like overlooking vip but also like kind of above the stage which is super cool and then so, a few years or sorry go ahead how um the, like the sunroof area how high up yeah. is that oh it'd be probably 20 feet oh wow okay yeah like de decent amount like the, the ground is kind of sloped a bit so you know oh, okay. depending on where you're at but yeah it'd be 20 it'd be it'd give 20 feet a run for sure and then we actually have side stage bleachers so like on the if you're on like stage right there's a hundred, there's a hundred bleacher seats, like right off the side of the stage. Right. So that's, you know, kind of cool. You get a little like behind the scenes look of, of kind of how the, how it all operates up there. Yeah. So, so your, um, your viewers, are they on something like a bleacher or a slope or are they kind of on like a big flat, like grass? No. So we enter everybody on the top. So like, again, they really kind of be in there, but on the top of the site, and you walk down into like the bowl kind of it's not a bowl but it's an old farmer's field so just there's just like a natural slope and like you walk in off the top and uh -huh. you, you see the ocean up top oh, so cool. it's so it's pretty it's pretty magical uh uh place uh, in the summer so that's why we enter everyone up top to give everyone kind of that view yeah you like you, you start getting the experience like as soon as you walk in then exactly yeah but so we make them walk a little bit longer which some people aren't thrilled about but I hope they think it's worth it. <laughs> bring bring a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you guys ever been to PEI? I uh, I was in PEI this past summer for the um, national archery 3D archery championships, but our schedule is so jam packed. Like we didn't get to we. I went to a lighthouse. That's what I got okay. to. And I went for supper in town on the boardwalk once. Uh, sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, um, I'm I've never been, but I, we've had quite a few guests from the East coast now. And I just, it's one of my bucket list things to do is get out there. And, <clears throat> and I know like, uh, talking with April and even talking with hack and a few other people have been there in the last couple of years, like talking about food and stuff. Like that's a huge attraction for me is checking out local food and, and beverage, like yeah. even the breweries and stuff. So it's, it's absolutely beautiful in the summer and just like, I couldn't, like I did not want to leave. Like I was only there for four or five days, four days, I guess it might've been. And I don't fly well. So I fly in and then the first day I'm just like, 
pretty much hung over because I've got meds on board for just being able to fly and not puke on someone. And so for the first day, you like don't want to do anything. All I want to do is drive back home. And then the next day, people are like, well, we got to go out. Like we found this really great place. And you're like, okay, fine. I guess I can do this today. And yeah, like walking the boardwalks just to like go because you can't, there's nowhere to park usually. Um, because there is. Yeah, because some it's just hopping out there, and it was so so cool, and like the food, amazing. I've never had mussels before, and I'm like, Kate, like you, I gotta do, I gotta do the whole seafood experience while I'm here, and can have like the best that there is. Yeah, we get that a lot from eating the axe and stuff. The people come, they're spoiled. They have a tough time eating like mussels and oysters anywhere else because yeah. it's so fresh. Yes, exactly. Because otherwise, it just tastes like fresh, uh, fresh from the ocean. Just it doesn't taste so fishy, you know, like everything that mm-hmm. we have here is always frozen or traveled for a week kind of thing. And it just tastes kind of yucky. And oh man, like that stuff was just butter yeah, I'll ship, in a bucket. I'll ship some, I'll ship some of the, I mentioned there, the company that books our talents out of Michigan. I'll ship the moistures every now and then. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Um, I was just kind of, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention too, is like, uh, like it, kind of getting back to the drink side of things. And I know we talked about, you know, beers and tequilas, um, bourbon. What, what is there, is there anything else that you know of that's going to be kind of like highlighted there for, you know, the, the people that do, do enjoy an alcoholic beverage? Yeah, for sure. We get two like our, we have the PEI Brown company, like as part of our company. So we, we have that. And one of our, like, like what's blowing up is the seltzers. So we have Clotting mm-hmm. Tides Seltzer. So we'll be doing that. And then we have another local brewery called Lone Oak. So they're going to have three or four different beers there. We have Coldstream, which is another like seltzer company out of Nova Scotia. So they're going to be there, which is great. Benjamin Bridge Wines. I don't know if you guys have those out there, but they're, they're from Nova Scotia. They're amazing. So uh, they're going to have a little setup as well. So lots, there'll be lots of different choices for drinks at this one. So It'll yeah. Be, uh, everything. yeah it'll be there will be something for everyone and and uh kind of excited to see what everyone decide, decides to drink because i just did the liquor order last week and it's always a crapshoot of you're trying to guess what twenty five thousand mm-hmm. people twenty five thousand people are going to drink it's like hard to figure out for what 250 for a wedding yeah exactly so anyways it'll be we're always placing an order the second day because something took off or whatever oh yeah i bet <laughs> that's cool i'm kind of wrapped up with with the t- or my questions i got a few general kind of questions um for tickets i was reading somewhere you guys are like kind of using that light program is that what it's called l-y-t-e to do uh, like... no, you can just get our tickets on our website we use light okay. as like a re- as our resale ticket so if you're trying okay. to move a ticket safely to someone else um, right. You can use that, but yeah, you can just go to somalfest.ca for tickets. And then I was, I, there's a bunch, oh, you can get all VIP and all different tickets there. So. Oh, and this, so how does that work with like, cause you're, um, your festival's cashless, right? Yes. First so, time. Yeah. I've, I have never heard of that when, and actually yeah. when I, when I heard that yours was cashless, I was like, oh, blasphemy. <laughs> like, how can they do that? Uh, but so i mean obviously that's kind of the way that things are going so how, how does that even work yeah it'll just be credit debit tap and and uh apple pay so like we did for years we've done like tokens like metal tokens mm-hmm. and it you know just during we kind of did like a dipped our toe in the water last year with cavendish where we started accepting credit cards everywhere 
and you know it was received very well and people just not having to worry about like dealing with the dirty tokens or whatever so right. i think the cleanliness part of things during covid mm-hmm. kind of p- pushed everyone this way so yeah if you, if you come with cash or you don't have credit card or whatever we'll be we'll sell some either gift cards or prepaid cards prepaid credit cards on site so everyone will be everyone should be good and then did i read somewhere that um you have like a an option for preloaded wristbands we're not there yet not quite so that's, yet no so yeah we're we kind of have one toe in the water for that thing this year so we're hopeful that in 2024 we'll be able to do like you'll be able to basically attach your credit card to your wristband and that's the only thing you'll need to carry Mm-hmm. That's, that's cool that's crazy yeah, yeah. you know it, it kind of reminds because i've been jokingly saying around campfires in the last year so i was like well how would we not have like a card or like a qr code that you scan that has all of your you know like licensing information even right because yeah. you like carry on like eight licenses in your wallets for different things that you do and it's just like how are we not figured out a better way but like a cashless festival or a prepaid uh or you could load up your wristband. It's such a great idea. It saves probably headaches for everyone, not only the festival goers, but your, your groups too that are that are there, you know, vent, being vendors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just makes things slicker on the back end, less cash bopping around. So we're yeah. Though so I'm sure there'll be some hiccups, but Cavendish, yeah. the country festival's before it, so we'll deal with the hiccups there. So by Somo, it'll be all ready to go. Right. <laughs> Sorry, April. And I was just going to say, though, the other thing is that having a cashless festival is great for the vendors, in my opinion, because I think um, as a customer, you can get carried away. And I'm only saying this because I went to a snowmobile resort, basically, in BC, and there it was all, oh, don't worry about it. just pay it at the end, pay it at the end, pay it at the end for like four <laughs> days, right? So then all of a sudden you get your bill and you're like, what? I did bought tequila shots for the whole bar? Like on your <laughs> visa yeah so it can get dangerous so so it's kind of a cool thing um but speaking of so or how do you pronounce somo fest or how... so, somo yeah the and joke is, is it rhymes with fomo so FOMO. FOMO. So, and, and where did that come from so we were just again our marketing team we just throwing names at the wall one day and uh what it what we ended up doing was it it means like in classical music or whatever it it means to play with the most passion Mm -hmm. so we just thought that was such a perfect fit for like obviously passion for for music but like it fit passion for food passion for drink passion for the experience so you Mm -hmm. know that's really what we all want it to be about so yeah we kind of we hemmed and hawed on a few different names and then you know eventually just had to decide on one so we ended up on that one I like that though. That's that's cool. Yeah. So Somo Fest or FOMO Somo Fest. There you um, go. You can get your tickets online. Do you have any um, kind of like specialty like specialty tickets or anything that you are uh, that that you think is pretty cool about your event? Yeah, I was explaining like there's tons of VIP different options. Like so, there is something for everyone. I say all the time for people that even if you don't like crowds, there is like three areas where you can come to Cavendish or our site and, and be comfortable. So a lot of people, and even just the GA ticket can be very comfortable. People, you know, we have thousands of people that just bring like their camping chairs and set up in the crowd. And just like, we just line them in rows and, and you have your people down front that are, you know, in the mosh pit or whatever and bounce up and down. And then 200 feet back, there's just all these people that come and set their chairs up and, 
you know, sit beside the same people every year that they just uh-huh. ran that they that they randomly ran into like in year five. Right. So it, it's such a it's such a cool thing to see these people come from all over all over North America, but mostly Atlantic Canada. That you know people kind of book their summers around. I'm talking the country festival, obviously, but soon soon to be Somo. So you know there'll be lots of I'm sure friendships and relationships. Maybe that's get started at uh, at a new this, festival at this festival. Maybe there'll be lots of passion at this festival. So we'll see. There we go. <laughs> April, do you have anything left for for Ben here? Um, I did want to ask Ben, and I don't know that we got to that at the very beginning, sort of, but not really. So this is not your first festival that you've created. What, like, what was the draw to these for you? Like, why, why create a festival in the first place out there? What, you know, what, how did that thought come about? Well, to be honest, really, there, there was. Uh... Four, originally there was four kind of owners of Cavendish all heavily involved in the tourism industry here mm-hmm. and um, just for whatever reason that week after Canada Day was a very low period for the province and so they kind of took it upon themselves and and one guy had the land you know we were involved in the food and beverage side another guy was more on the ops and, and another guy was more on the kind of the heavy equipment side of things. So it just kind of worked out and these guys came together and we just, you know, created something from nothing. And, you know, there was 5,000 people there a night for the first night for the first year, you know, after that, it just became like, I was, so I was the first employee Mm -hmm. of the, of the festivals back then, you know, it's just kind of intoxicating. Like you're the, such the adrenaline rush is is there and and the 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 high energy. Now the low, the, mm-hmm. there's a big there's a big low after the festival which sucks but uh yeah no the energy and just all the people there it's like everyone's in a good mood so and a lot of people that work the festival like have worked the festival for 10 years and right. they take vacation off their real jobs like you know i use the example our stage manager is an electrical engineer and he takes like two weeks vacation to come you know work it's in a, a field to, to work. <laughs> yeah so so it's it's a really good great group of people that kind of come together and that to put this on and uh they take a lot of pride in in doing so so you know that for me is you get to spend a lot of time with those people for a short amount of time every year mm-hmm. and it's and it's always you know it's always there's lots of work involved but it's there's always a beer at the end of the day so right we'll be all right i that was my kind of i really wanted to ask that question just wanted to <laughs> just wanted to know where it all came from yeah for sure um but yeah ben before we're, we're gonna let you go and maybe we'll do a few more shout outs and uh and all that stuff and i'd really l- like to thank you for jumping on the podcast it's kind of been short notice and i know this is your festivals in july so we're gonna get this edited up and sent out right away quick but you know like i was kind of telling you the attraction for us as an outdoors podcast is like the food side of things and we love cooking we've had chefs on here um, outdoor chefs, wild, like, let's say wild food type chefs. Um, so hopefully maybe, you know, in the, if, if everything goes great this year, we can maybe influence you in doing maybe like a, a wild food stage. Ooh. Uh, Ooh, that'd be, that'd for, be sweet. Or like a foraging the, stage, a foraging stage or over yeah. the fire cooking stage or, or not, not, not stage, but like a, a time slot on your culinary stage. Um, that would be, that would be sweet. We have a forager actually quick, uh, oh no way 
Nick Chinandamo, uh, he's a forager out here. Um, he's doing a, a food uh, a food station at the festival. Not he's going to focus on foraging, obviously, but um, anyways, it's, he's super talented and he's pop around. I always find stuff on social media. You're seeing this, so it's cool. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he kind of creates. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, and I would assume foraging would look a little bit different from the east coast to like central canada oh yeah for a few sure. different things <laughs> uh for sure there'd be especially in pei there's probably not too much to be worried about either year so i think you're maybe a, maybe a fox maybe a fox <laughs> maybe, yeah. yeah maybe well yeah pei is on the island so there's really uh or pa is an island there's really uh nothing that uh, isn't this like you can count on one hand the amount of like wild land creatures, right? There's what skunks and raccoons and deer and fox, and that's it. No or deer, not even deer, no deer, no coyotes. There's coyotes, they have rabbits, skunks. My dog killed a skunk after the first night of Cavendish Beach last year oh, at, no. at, at, at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, wow, it, it was awful. <laughs> um so yeah ben we're, we're so i guess other than your your website with homo somofest.ca <laughs> yeah there you go Nailed where else it. can we where else can we find you guys you got some social media or anything happening yeah somofest on instagram facebook i think that's it for that and then any of our other shows like our entertainment companies called white cap entertainment so that's kind of where we we produce obviously the two festivals and uh kind of do all sorts of different shows in and around the Maritimes throughout the year. So that there's to stay up to date with all that stuff. It's white cat. Mm. Right on. I just well, followed I... you. <laughs> oh, perfect. Just they're in. I'll tell our social media manager. That's I'm, yeah. dri- I'm driving up the follows. Yeah. You did one podcast episode and you're already up. A percentage. You're up one follower. <laughs> Look at that. But yeah, no, we'd love to have you guys out here. So if, if uh, you know, we'll be hopefully out of the gate a little earlier. So if there's some mm-hmm. uh, something to work out, uh, stay in touch. And we're yeah, well, I'm looking. For, like I said, I, I I probably won't make it out this year. I, I like it. I didn't get those plane tickets in the mail yet. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to like the future of this because uh, not only do I want to hear how it went, but I want to hear about how it's going to be bigger and better next year as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want to look for if you're out east and you want to check this thing out, go to uh, somofast.ca. Go check out their Instagram and social media. Um, and if you do have any questions, you can always DM us and we can you know, point you in the right direction. Um, thanks, man, for jumping on. And, and the last thing that I will say before we say goodbye is that I'm super pumped for you guys that you're kind of uh, working with Moosehead as well because it's my favorite beer. So if, <laughs> if this thing is happening again, make sure you become partners with them again and I'll be out there next year. Moose, Moose Green or what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It's it's like it's like one of those beers like if I'm gonna buy like a beer at the vendor or at the at the store, a generic beer that's the I'm always buying Moosehead for draft and well, stuff. I like local breweries, but well maybe a little more notice for the next podcast, I'll send you some of our beers so we can have one over the podcast. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That sounds like a plan. Well thanks a lot for coming on. Um we wish you all the all the best and, and all the luck for uh for that for that weekend for the Somo Fest and yeah we'll have to chat after and see how everything went. Awesome, much appreciated. Thanks for having me. Well, that was another episode that we uh, with Panoramic Outdoors with Ben Murphy from the Somo Fest.
2023. I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm excited for them out there to see how this rolls out. Like I said, I don't know too many other festivals that have that combination of food, drink, and music. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how that's going to all pan out. And, you know, maybe, uh, maybe we'll head out, head out east next year. Wouldn't that be crazy? Oh man, that'd be so great. And I've never been there. So maybe I just got to talk to, you know, if I can convince you and Tristan that, you know, maybe slide me a few dollars so I can buy a ticket and we'll go and do it. <laughs> I'm actually supposed to be going out to nationals next year is in New Brunswick. Oh, really? And, and, and like the city that it's in is just a, like a hop, skip and a jump from PEI. When I went to PEI for archery, I stayed in New Brunswick at my mother-in-law's. Oh, really? So what, how yeah. do you get across? Is there like a bridge or like a ferry or what? Isn't it the Confederation Bridge? I don't know. I, I've never I, been there. Oh, man. I hope I didn't get that wrong. But there's a huge bridge. Yeah, it's crazy. And like and did you there's signs on it? it. Yeah. Oh, nice. You got to pay. You got Well, you got to. It's. I think it's free to go from New Brunswick to PEI, but you got to pay leaving PEI. Oh, they want you to stay. Hey, that's a good, that's yeah, a good marketing stay plan. stay forever. I think it's like, I can't remember, like 13 or 15 bucks to leave. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone that's been listening. Uh, this, like I said, this little bonus episode that we kind of threw together, threw together. Um, I've had a long day, so I, I've struggled with my conversation, my speaking tonight. <laughs> so I do apologize, but thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. If you're out East, make sure you go check them out. Or, you know, and the very least I've been kind of chatting with this, I think with April too, is like, and, and a few other friends is the very least the smallest thing that you can do for especially festivals or supporting anyone your friends or um small small businesses is social media like sharing or liking some stuff it mm-hmm. it, it helps out with the uh, algorithm and it gets the word out um you don't necessarily need to buy a buy a ticket you don't necessarily need to buy merch like anything but you know share something or like it or even just tell a friend right if you know somebody that you think might be interested in the festival some kind of merch some you know whatever um you know tag them in a post or send a post to them and just you know it's a it's a free way of helping out small businesses events you know your your friends (laughs) yeah exactly i'm actually going to be looking forward to finding some of the hashtags and following along during that weekend because i want to see what it's all about and i think it'd be awesome if manitoba could come up with some something uh very similar until then april thanks a lot for jumping on it's always a pleasure again to catch up with you and um yeah go from there see ya